the one, the only, the classic Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just talk. Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have Coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. Coming to get you, Barbara. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of They're Coming to Get You. I'm one of your hosts, Brent Terhune, joined by Gavin Eddings. What's going on, Brent? We're doing it. We're, We're making actually- it happen. Yeah, we. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, Gavin and I have a, a long-standing friendship and relationship. Uh, I was going to say rivalry and feud. That's but... true. I am your shape to, uh, <laughs> to your Dr. Loomis. Uh, you've been, before we turn the mics on, you've been warning anybody who will listen <laughs> that bad things are about to happen. I, I watched him, the blackest eyes, the blackest eyes. Seven Twinkies or six <laughs> Twinkies. Uh, but welcome to They're Coming to Get You. This is uh, Gavin has been on, on my podcast, The Field Trip with Brent Trahune, a bunch, and we've been friends and like we, we always talk horror. And, uh, you know, we started and I just I, I texted you like a month ago. I said, do you want to just do 
a horror movie podcast because we it always comes back to horror yeah the field trip is not a horror based like if you're a horror fan obviously you are listening to this it's hard to talk about horror in uh may or june nobody (laughs) cares people look at you weird so like let's gav and i let's just share our love of horror movies yeah this is gonna be terrible for search engine optimization like horror movies in july what's going on like nobody's searching for a halloween we're we're doing this at a a really bad time we're actually really setting ourselves up for failure uh which i am prone to so this is gonna be great yeah but i've been on your uh podcast the field trip a bunch promoting my horror movie youtube channel uh gavin loves horror and some people were suggesting like why don't you guys just do a podcast together uh you guys have good chemistry we like hearing you together and uh, and i said hey make me a co-host of the field trip and you said no that'll cut into my money uh and i was, <laughs> I was like okay. I, I would only make a dollar as opposed to two gavin <laughs> i know you gotta you gotta keep, keep that money coming but when you asked me to do this i was like yeah that sounds great i'm not doing anything else with my life right now so yeah they're coming to get you that that is uh, the podcast name. That's what we are. It's a very threatening title. It, it, it's a very threatening <laughs> title. Uh, I, I don't remember the other titles, but I, I very strongly wanted it to call be called the podcastening. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, so one of us didn't like it. And I'll, I won't say which one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're, we, we've uh, I've committed. I told you, Gavin, we're going to do 10 episodes. We've committed to a 10 episode run and then we'll see if we get picked up for a second season or burnt and- out by the end of it. <laughs> But I think we're going to try to do a bi-weekly release schedule. That way we're, we're not burning ourselves out. I know you already have a bunch of podcasts. You've got the field trip. You've got the cafeteria with Johnny LaCosto and Ryan Niemiller. And I work a regular full-time job. And so, comedy and, uh, and comedy. Yeah, We're all YouTube, busy. We're all busy. Um, and unless you have like a podcast empire, like you got to find, you got to find time when you can make time. Yeah. And then but, something's got to give. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be this podcast. So uh, don't get used to it. Uh, and if, if you're you're listening somehow, uh, not knowing who Gavin and I are, both <laughs> of us are stand up comedians, podcasters, obviously lovers of horror. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, so we, and we, we, we won't us what other episodes we have coming, but uh, we started off with a heavy hitter, Gavin. Yes, pretty much the most iconic horror movie that you can do, which is a 1978 Halloween, the John Carpenter classic. And it's, I was amazed. I looked it up. We are the first podcast ever to talk about Halloween 1978. It's crazy. I can't believe nobody else is talking about this. Really, really a hidden gem. Not a lot of people talk about <laughs> 1978 Halloween. I know I've certainly never done episodes of podcasts on this subject. I know you've never done it either. So this is really new territory for yeah, all of us. Neither one of us have recorded separate episodes <laughs> about this. So that's it's fantastic. And the kind of fun facts that, that we're going to be sharing about uh, Halloween 1978. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, the mask of the shape was actually a William Shatner Star Trek mask that they actually modified. So That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> real insider information right there that nobody's ever mentioned before. Well, and this is our first episode, so we will find our groove. But I guess Gavin, like we we both love this movie. I think you yeah. do at least. I yeah. do. I so know. What, Go ahead. What what do we what do we th- initial thoughts of Halloween? I mean, uh, 
really kicked off the slasher genre. It wasn't the first slasher movie. Psycho really kicked off the whole genre. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre really kind of elevated it. But when you think of slasher, you think of like the big three icons. You think of Michael Myers. You think of Jason Voorhees. You think of Freddy Krueger. But Michael Myers really kicked things off with the man in the mask killing the teenagers. And that was John Carpenter's entire inspiration for it. Like baby, it was called like the babysitter murders. I, mm-hmm. And then he's like, what if we just had this guy escape mental patient, kill some babysitters? What could be scarier than that? And we'll make a bunch of money. And they did. And uh, I, I think uh, we both care more for this franchise than John Carpenter does. Yeah. Let's do an interview with him. <laughs> Uh, He does have this great bit, though, where he goes, I don't care if the Halloween movies are good or bad, but every time they announce a new one, I reach my hand out and money appears. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love it. Like, uh, like if I, if that was like such, not such, such a funny statement, I would hate that. But I love it because it is so funny. You know, I mean, if I created something like that's the dream for any kind of actor or, or comedian is to just do one thing that you're known for forever that you you can just coast on jamie kennedy can do conventions as randy from scream until he dies mm-hmm. like that's a, he did that thing in 1996 and he can just coast on that forever it just doesn't matter what else he's done i paid the 30 dollars to meet him and to give to sign my poster and john carpenter made this thing almost 50 years ago and he's like okay guess i'll do that forever mm-hmm. yeah and he made the thing he made a lot of movies but <laughs> man uh yeah i guess this is like i would say now this is the movie i've seen the most out of all movies is halloween out of, out of like any movie just yeah not, yeah just i it's just such a classic i know that i have seen it at least 20 to 25 times at this point. And that's not even counting during AMC Fear Fest when they just play it in a rotation where you're like, oh, I'm watching from three fourths of the way in and then it's going to recycle. And then you're just watching it like Pulp Fiction in in different chunks. (laughs) Well, and forever, you know, this, I I never had a, a, I was not alive between 1978 and I think 81 of like, there's there was a moment where Michael Myers wasn't the brother of Laurie Strode. That's mm-hmm. always been to me their relationship. Yeah, but the, like I forget because I wasn't alive that that didn't even exist. You know. Yeah, and we're just so ingrained in these franchises because we grew up well past their prime after they'd already had like the. I remember in 1995 when Curse of Michael Myers came out. I was like, "What's this new movie?" And my dad's like, "No, there's like 20 of those." Yeah, <laughs> there's so this is not a new franchise, Gavin. But we had already had all the sequels that had been out for a decade at that, at that point. So yeah, Laurie Strode has always been Michael Myers' sister, and that's kind of the the world we grew up in. But in this original movie. There's none of that. He's just a guy. And I think that's the big appeal to this movie is that he he escaped, but he's just following Lori because she just happened to be the lady that walked on his porch. <laughs> and there's that I think that's the beauty and the scary part of this movie is that there's no real reason why he does any of this. <laughs> and then once you continue, you paint more into that background. I, I don't hate it, but I think it's the most scary when it's it's that stranger's effect of 
because you were home, you know? Yeah. It taught me, though, <laughs> that you have to call before you go on somebody's porch. Uh, because if you don't, <laughs> this dude's going to follow you all that. He follows her to school. He's creeping outside of bushes. He's standing in the sheets. Mm-hmm. He, he's just like, hey, you came on my porch. Uh, can, you, guess- can you imagine a, a modern day when uh, one when Michael Myers has got the ring camera? <laughs> Even if he's not home, you're going to die. You know, he'll find you. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, could you imagine if you just check your ring camera? It's like, who is this girl on my porch? He's getting updates on his app. He's like, hey, what's going, what's going on? It, he answers, but all you just hear is breathing through the <laughs> ring, which is what you hear when I answer as well. <sighs> but for but for different reasons. Hello? Yeah. just. Uh, but yeah, that's the, I, it's what a simple premise as well. Like, you know, I, I love movies where it's like, so convoluted and everything but this is just a guy who follows babysitters yeah and we don't even know they have to he he doesn't even know they're babysitters he he just happens to follow this girl i mean if he's into babysitters this is incredible for him (laughs) (laughs) but it's just a big coincidence uh yeah i don't even know where you want to start but i mean i guess we could start at, at the beginning of the of the the movie and i also i will say uh the movie i've seen the most but also i have a recurring dream gavin of i i would say nightmare of michael myers following me in my in dreams oh really yeah so and he's like your go-to who like whenever somebody uh, attacks you to dream it's always michael myers yeah and it's not even he never gets me but it's it's kind of it's a it's an it follows he's always just behind <laughs> and I can't get away. Um, but I have like a couple of reoccurring, not dreams, but themes of dreams. One is Michael Myers and the other is snakes. Snakes and, and Michael Myers. And the the one I don't go and uh, I'm not obsessed with and have pictures behind me is snakes, believe it or not. <laughs> I, and uh, one time I had a, a funny dream about the only funny dream I've ever had. I'm I'm like running from Michael Myers and for some reason Alex Trebek is in my dream <laughs> and he says you're in jeopardy. <laughs> and that sounds like I made that up but I swear that was and even in my dream I was like that's funny. I don't know like I've never had a laugh in my dream before but uh, thanks to Michael Myers and Alex Trebek. That's a good that, that that's a good dream. I feel like uh alex trebek god rest his soul but i feel like he should tell people like you're in jeopardy like if i'm (laughs) ever in a crisis i'd like him to be there to let me know and just be very on the nose about it uh are you afraid that in your dream where michael myers is chasing you are you afraid you're going to unmask him and then underneath is just more snakes like how is this it's kind of a medusa with a mask on (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, a recurring dream, and uh, I I rewatched it for this podcast. I didn't have to, but uh, I did. You can just, um, I think I probably just quote it all the way through at this point, because I've seen it so many times, and you have too. Yeah. Well, and it was uh, released in 1978, and I, I, I didn't have time uh, to look up uh, my, my notes that I've taken for this movie again, but I think it was Kansas City was the was the premiere and it was made for like three hundred thousand dollars for the longest time it was one of the highest or like the highest grossing independent film i think until blair witch and then probably paranormal activity uh but like small budget and then 
there are things in this movie that you can tell it's be, it's a small budget, like movie mistakes. I do love that aspect of movies of like, where you're like, Oh, you can see the shadow of the, th- of somebody in there. You know, I love that aspect of movies. There's a boom mic here. There's a, the, I yeah. can see everything. Have you seen Halloween in the theaters? Uh, no. You've never seen it in the theater. Mm-mm. They showed it. Um, at one of our local second run houses back in, I think, 2019, 2020. I think it was 2019, mm-hmm. actually. It's right, right before the pandemic. And it was cool being able to see it in person. What is our seeing it in theaters? I didn't watch it in person. I, I, watched, <laughs> the, I watched the stage adaptation of, of Halloween. Uh, but seeing it in theaters, uh, one thing is it is super bright. Uh, it is a lot brighter seeing it in a theater, especially those early scenes during the day on Halloween when they're like in the like, God damn, this is really, yeah. this is so bright. In Pasadena. And it, like, I never thought of any of this, but then you watch enough uh, or hear enough podcasts and stuff like Pasadena, the grass is green. And then anywhere else you're like October, the, it should be brown. It's well, a depressing what- brown, but you know. What they did was because they shot it in Pasadena in the summer so they can make the Halloween release. And they would they had bags of leaves that mm-hmm. they would just like sprinkle around. And then when the scene was over, they'd be like, all right, pick the leaves up. We got to yeah. go go to our next. So they're just transporting a bag of leaves from scene to scene because they're shooting in beautiful California. And if you didn't know it was a movie, that's just the, the craziest behavior to see from afar. Dump the leaves out scatter them rake them back up like some kind of linus with a blanket <laughs> just i gotta get my leaves <laughs> but unless you're looking for it it does give that feeling of a small town in illinois around halloween mm-hmm. i mean it, i mean if you look close yeah the, the grass is beautiful for that time of year yeah. but it does have that very claustrophobic small time feeling to it uh and we and we open up uh, i think we discussed this on an episode of the field trip but what one of the the best opening scenes is the murder of, of Judith Myers. And we get the uh, from a shot from the outside and then Michael comes in and that was uh, done in, in two takes. There's an edit. It looks like one, but in that shot, when he's walking through the house, uh, I think it was the, I almost said the Astroglide camera, but that is not <laughs> the Astroglide. The Astroglide camera, which was mainly used in pornography, they yeah. borrowed. They, <laughs> they they borrowed for this, and it just really slid through the set. Yeah. Just really in and out. Just for the repeating. purposes of this podcast, we're going to call it the Astroglide camera. <laughs> uh, but there's a there was a it would, they couldn't shoot it long enough, or they, there wasn't enough film in the camera, so they had an edit. And when Michael puts the clown mask on, that's where the edit is. Mm-hmm. And um, so if, if you're the kind of person that it's all one take, it's not, it's two takes lies, it is, yeah. it lies, you, you are lied to it, but it is done seamlessly. Yeah. Where... Like, and, unless I listen to a thing where somebody said that to me and then I repeat it like, and I'm an expert, <laughs> unless somebody told me that I wouldn't know. Yeah. But I always, I always have trouble finding out where the cuts are when there's these long takes in movies. Mm -hmm. I was like, is this, has this been one take the whole time? Has this been, then you realize that the movie is like 30 minutes and you're like, no, there's no way it's been, it's in one take. This is way too much time. I do that with regular movies where they jump from one location to the other. I'm like, is this one take? (laughs) That's Astroglide. Great camera. 
I uh, like the way I like the way when you were talking about the Astroglide, you're like, yeah, they couldn't shoot it very long. It couldn't. It was kind of a hard <laughs> shot. I was like, stop <laughs> it, stop it. And that, that was not. Those aren't. Those weren't planned puns. Those. I know. Just... This is just the kind of organic jizz humor that you will get, <laughs> get from this horror movie podcast we're well, doing they had about the shortest jizz scene in, in history with the sex scene at the beginning like he they're just up and then from the time michael like walks from the kitchen to the steps and then he's like i'm out of here and she doesn't have a problem with it she, she's like all right bye what like usually you'd be like i can't believe you're leaving already or something you know like yeah he's just very quick he, he got in there he got out he's like i got stuff to do it's, it's night before it's, it's halloween night i got candy to get yeah. or something but yeah he's just like all right well i'm gonna head out i guess <laughs> i'm gonna head out uh we get uh i don't know, remember how many boobs are in this movie i think we get judith and we get uh pj souls later in the movie mm-hmm. so if we're doing boob count four the yeah. count four titties are and in this film that's how i decide whether a film is good or not by <laughs> if it has the female breast in it <laughs> Um, and then probably one of my the scariest scenes in the movie is they Loomis and the the nurse pull up and the patients are just wandering out in the rain in uh, 1978. Yeah, and and the scene where he just smacks the hand yeah. on the glass and that's a, <laughs> I always like that that scene because you can kind of tell there's like a wrench or something in his hand breaking the glass. Yeah, uh, and then just the way the glass shatters, you're like that's not how glass works but just the i also love that sound effect when he jumps over in the back of the car yeah like a <laughs> like i i wrote this in my notes and that like this could i i've not seen all the movies believe it or not but this, really like if somebody said this was the greatest score to a, a film i couldn't disagree with you you know it's a very good score and it's more impressive that john carpenter did so much with so little he composed all the music himself he created the iconic theme and the movie they they did screenings before the score was completed and it was very boring if you try to watch halloween without the score it's just kind of like people shuffling about and just a guy wandering but you really have but you have to add that iconic theme to really make it scary and build the tension Mm -hmm. and it's it's so like that soundtrack has been not not copied, but there's been a renaissance of like 80s sound with Stranger Things and mm-hmm. and it follows. Uh, it's like there's been a renaissance of people want that synthesized uh, soundtrack. It's also in your recurring dream. That theme is also playing. He's just that's true. <laughs> I wish I had. I don't know. Do you have music in your dreams? Um. Sometimes I think so. I think to, been... That's that's a question for the listeners. Do you have music in your dream? Because I don't remember <laughs> if I ever have or not. That's a really deep question. That's like a <laughs> that that's like a sexy question you you could ask a woman on a date. Like, do you have music in your dreams? <laughs> because I would like to put some in the, in the dreams. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's funny about the like, uh, Halloween theme is it was my mom's ringtone forever. Like that's... whenever she'd get a new phone, like I remember she had a Motorola Razor and be like just the the midiest version that's the shittiest eight bit sounding and now she still has it online i don't know she still has it but she kept it for a while she's like it was always weird when we go off at church yeah i'm just so edgy i'm just sorry 
Sorry. Is your mom even a horror fan? Um, kind of, but not not as much as we are. But yeah. she, but but she does like the. Uh, she always grew up watching and enjoying like the Adams Family mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, she likes the Halloween theme because it made her real edgy. Uh, my mom is almost seventy, by the way. But hey. she's like all the church girls will know how cool I am. <laughs> uh, well, and I that was kind of my not my first horror movie I ever saw, but that being exposed to AMC Fear Fest. Mm-hmm. It was like before everything was readily available all the time. You just remember <laughs> October rolling around and you're like, I'm going to watch this with so many commercials. <laughs> like, it's going to have so much stuff cut out. I <laughs> probably now, if I watched Halloween on Blu-ray right now, I could tell you where the commercial breaks were Yeah, uh, in there. Uh, the, the first Halloween movie I ever saw actually was Halloween 2. Uh, because they showed it on like on USA on like a Sunday afternoon Up all night. <laughs> they <laughs> so yeah, that that was the first one I ever watched, and then I I watched them in in like reverse order, almost like a Star Wars type thing where you watch four, five, and six, then you go back <laughs> and watch one, two, and three, and then you're very confused because three has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those like I said where I'm like uh, Michael's always been Lori's brother for some reason. <laughs> Um, and the, I, I, that, that scene where they, they pull up to Smith's Grove and the patient's just wondering, I'm just, I've kind of rewatched the movie for this podcast with analytical eyes and some, the nurse says something to the effect of, do they usually let them wander out like that or what? It's like, no, <laughs> it's raining at night. Like, you know, you listen, my dad worked at the state hospital for a long time. He, he, he couldn't tell me enough times when it's raining outside in the middle of the night he's like let them out yeah. just you just gotta let them roam let's go let's go water the crazies <laughs> <laughs> that was also gonna be the podcast title is water the crazies water the crazies <laughs> and it was gonna be about the film the crazies <laughs> and uh we would drink a lot of water while while discussing <laughs> the movie um I, I have a list of great shots because I don't we could go beat by beat, but I don't know that everybody wants that from this. They're, they're like, we've we've seen it. I never know how to do when talking about certain movies it, on a podcast. I never know how to break it down. Yeah. It's like, do you want scene for scene? So at five minutes and thirty nine seconds, there's yeah. this great shot. There's a lens flare back and to the left. <laughs> well, what do you how do you feel about let's how do you feel about Loomis? He's my favorite character in the movie. And just couldn't couldn't be more over the top and correct, you know. <laughs> he's got that righteous. Uh, he's got got that righteous correctness, where he's like, "I told you." I yeah. everybody's like, "Like, did he have any other patients?" That's what I always wondered. Like, he spends a lot of time on Michael Myers. I've always been curious. Like, if you were like another, if you're another patient of Loomis, just trying to get a hold of him. It's got to be, it's got to be really hard. They're like, uh, he's with Michael again. <laughs> uh, Dr. Lewis, I was really having a hard time. I just really need that. And he's like, no, yeah. the blackest eyes, the devil's <laughs> eyes. And you're like, what a, like, what a great monologue of it's, it's so over the top. He'll just be like, the, it's gone. The evil is gone from here. He doesn't even call him a he, you know, <laughs> but like, even though it's so kind of campy and over the top, I still love it to, just I'll just pull up that monologue on YouTube of uh, I met him 15 years ago like that. It's so over the top, but I love it. You know, 
I like the. I like to imagine that that monologue is your full foreplay. So whenever your wife hears it, she's like, "Oh no, I'm about to, I'm about to put out." It's she, like a slowly I turn. <laughs> she knows once I start reciting that, you can't stop me. <laughs> once I start talking about the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, you know it's coming. You know. Uh, and that it's always been a point of uh, contention with people, but you know, Michael takes off in the car and they explain it away with Loomis is like, well, somebody must have been giving him lessons, but that is a, if you're going to have a flaw with the movie, but they, to me, they explain it away, but it's like, this dude's not said a word for 15 <laughs> years, but somehow drives. But I, I'm, I'm also like, yeah, little kids drive all the time. Yeah. There's a new story all the time of, I took my dad's keys to go get M&Ms or whatever, you know, like it's not like if you just didn't know how to drive and you saw somebody drive like 10 times, you'd be like, I could, I could probably figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that there should have been a deleted scene where somebody is showing him how to drive and just Michael, (laughs) just Michael Myers trying to parallel park and be like, that's what, that's what caused this. He's like, I got to kill some people because I cannot get within the lines. I'm near a hydrant. Well, the movie doesn't work at all if he can't drive, you know, like <laughs> he, he can't have like a chauffeur or like an Igor to his Dr. Frankenstein, you know, he could have had a bike that would have been pretty fun. Just, just here comes Mike on a Schwinn. There, there is a guy on, on, you know, he's probably on everything, but I know him from Facebook and it's, I don't know if it's, if he's like the Decatur Michael Myers, but it's a guy that just walks around in Michael Myers costume and like one of them is just on a bike staring at people. Like, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, him on a, I imagine like on a beach cruiser, <laughs> knife in the basket. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So again, people will be like, oh, he drove. I don't care, man. Like he, he got shot six times, even though he says <laughs> I that. shot him six movie. times. Yeah. It's at a certain point. That's, this movie is not so far-fetched that I can't suspend my disbelief for he that. You know? And it's not like he drives so well. He's kind of a shitty driver. Like he goes real slow. He breaks real hard. It's not like he, it's not like he burns out when he's like, see you Loomis. Yeah. <laughs> he drifts around the corner. It's like time to kill a babysitter. I also like that. He keeps the car from Smith's Grove, the whole movie when he had, he killed this tow truck driver to get the coveralls and he could have just taken that guy's truck and then nobody would have known that he was in Haddonfield. But he's like, no, I like a station wagon. He's like, I got to advertise for my home. I got to <laughs> I gotta represent. I do like nobody ever remembers like they do, but like they don't count it in the deaths. But he kills the tow truck driver. And when they pan over in the, the that like field area, that's clearly Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like, <laughs> Next time you watch the movie, it's Freddie Mercury laying there. <laughs> it's just really convenient that Michael Myers killed somebody his exact size. Like, yeah. Though, and, that's, it's a good fit on them coveralls. And does for several movies. <laughs> He's like, I got if, if you wear those coveralls, don't wear them on the day of Halloween. Because yeah. Michael Myers will hunt you down. He will find you. And that became a theme in like the sequels a lot where every Halloween is like, got to find my coveralls, got to steal a car. And then and, and get that... the mask that some like they're still selling the serial killer <laughs> mask. Like, that'd be crazy if somebody 
whatever mask became popular like if the scream mask wasn't from the movie scream <laughs> but there was a real killer it'd be so so much in poor taste to keep selling that mask right <laughs> like yeah and that i think in the later halloween movies like they make it a whole ordeal like this is the night michael comes home and but again those are are the seats he goes and this is the superior original uh well, how do you you, I'm sorry that you know, like if this were a real town, there'd be so much murderabilia, and you'd be able to go on the kill tour. <laughs> like somebody would be driving a hearse around with a mic strapped and like uh, and given the tour, like no doubt. Um, and this is where Dr. Loomis shot him six times. And, his, <laughs> and if you see that railing, his body tumbled over. And then when he looked down, he was gone. The evil had gone from here. And the homeowner's like, well, you people just leave us alone. <laughs> and now if you're in the splash zone, like, <laughs> be sure to pick up a T-shirt on the way out. <laughs> but what were you going to say? Um, I can't remember now. Cool. I'm glad yeah. I broke that up for you. I know. Just it, it was a really good uh, thought process, but uh, it is not. Oh, that's good. I, I don't want to say. Uh, how do you feel about the child actors in this? Because sometimes child actors can make or break a movie. And this i I think Halloween has some pretty good child actors in it. Yeah, there there's certain I think for the most part these these guys do a good job and even in and even a better job in Halloween 4 and 5 with uh what's her face? Danielle Harris. Yeah, she does a, a terrific job, but uh there are certain movies where I'm like please just get this kid off the screen like and I, I again, it's if you're a good child actor that's terrific, but if you're a bad one you're real bad. <laughs> we you know? know. Yeah. And we can all tell. And, and your parents are saying you're doing a great job. But when those reviews come out, they're going to tell you that they hate you. Yeah. It's just you want to like poke your own eyes out or stick out. You want to unravel a wire hanger and poke it in your <laughs> separate eye holes in your mask. I do think the kids that play, uh, is it Jamie Wallace and Tommy Doyle? uh it's lindsey wallace and Tommy lindsey Doyle. Wall. yeah i think the kids that play, play them were, were fine like they're annoying enough and they they do too many activities though laurie's got too many activities for them to do they've got to carve pumpkins which why are you carving pumpkins on halloween that i never i'm like that that's that's two weeks out and it should <laughs> almost be rotten by the time people get to your house oh uh, we're gonna start a movie then we're gonna read comic books then we're gonna read popcorn it's like calm down okay you gotta chill and also why aren't these kids trick-or-treating yeah that that's the age when you go trick-or-treating and there's no trick-or-treaters on the block at all it's just the most deserted street yeah. where he can attack i don't know it, it, that again that could just be a budget thing yeah and i, I have a really bad time of actually telling what time it is in the movie yeah. I, was, I was like what people aren't answering their door clearly it's after midnight or 1 a.m but then i'm like what if it's just like 7 30 yeah. and they're like no no solicitations like we no. turn in early <laughs> uh yeah the, there was a, i was watching the movie and producer wife was in the uh in the room and she, like Lori comes home after school and these kids are already trick-or-treating in the daylight and the, the weird thing about my wife is she was from a town that never had trick-or-treating. They had hallelujah night, which is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke in my stand-up, but that's true. And you, you could go trunk-or-treating in the parking lot. So she's never been <laughs> trick-or-treating before. And she's like, do people really go out that early? I'm like, 
I mean, maybe sometime I, I would wait till closer to dark because that was the thing is you had to do it when it was dark. But I nowadays I could totally see people trick or treating in the day. But back in 1978, that seemed a little bit early. Yeah, I remember I live in a neighborhood where we have a lot of trick or treaters and I think they start. Well, the past couple of Halloween's have been on the weekend and one was a pandemic. But nor- normally our trick or treaters usually start about like two thirty, between two thirty and four. And then goes till about probably seven, seven thirty when it gets real dark out. Um, but yeah, so I feel like most people trick or treat more towards the day now. Mm-hmm. But Hallelujah nights, I've been to many trunk or treats. I've been to Hell Houses. I have been. She's to... pregnant from premarital <laughs> sex. At one time, she kissed a boy, and now she's got AIDS. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real Hell House thing I went through. Yeah, uh, just the Midwest is a, a terrible place. Uh, I would disagree. I think that stuff's lovely. <laughs> but back to, I think, uh, yeah, I think the kids do a great job. I love the scene when uh, Tommy's getting bullied and f- just falls over on a full pumpkin <laughs> and breaks it. Like, well, that's that- what he gets for not carving a pumpkin already. Like, why? Also, why do you bring the pumpkin to school? And if you look closely, one of those bullies was actually. Uh, Billy Corbin from the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> and he's like, I think there's something here. I want to go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, I do love this, uh, you know, so that ki- the kid that runs away after bullying runs into Michael. My favorite, one of my favorite things about this movie and in movies like it, I love the creeping. I love just him being in the background and you know, it makes it creepier that he lingers for a while. Like it's not like a straight direct kill. Like you get it in this movie, you get it in Halloween two, you get it in the um, Halloween five, which people will not like, but I'm like, man, that's got some great, great creeping and the mm-hmm. Rob zombie one. Like I just love in the background. If that, so like when you rewatch Halloween, I'm not finding new Michaels in the background, but I'm always scanning it because he could be on any street at any time. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a where's Waldo of a horror movie, you know? And I, I think what's cool about the original Halloween is that Michael Myers is just a regular dude size. In like Rob Zombie's Halloween, you notice the yeah. six foot seven Tyler Maine, just like, oh, that's a that that's a dude. That we I think yeah. we recognize him, but he's just like a regular sized guy. And he's he's skinny like what Mike was it Michael Myers was twenty one, uh he's just uh he's normal and yeah. that's the the thing is like it's a normal thing in a normal town like that this the big part of this movie is why it's so scary it is it's it's a home invasion movie yeah and, and like it, the kills it, aren't particularly brutal but they're memorable they're memorable and it's also like if you can't be safe at home then where can you be safe at? Mm-hmm. You know, because like the with a movie that's paranormal, or whatever, you're like, okay, maybe the devil possesses people, maybe he doesn't. But I'm like, oh, I know it's somebody that had their house broken into. That's a real thing that happens, you know? One of my favorite moments, it's, it's a very subtle moment in Halloween, and it shows that Michael Myers is just a man. He's just a regular dude. Is that when he's stalking outside Annie's house, and he knocks the plant over because he's just yeah. a 
dipshit. Shit. <laughs> He's like, oh god, oh damn it, oh better, better scurry. <laughs> Yeah, and I I like to think that also maybe he's just vindicative against the ficus. He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> and also, he's in a full mask, like he's breathing <laughs> in his own gross. It's it's full of moisture, and you like eye holes. Like you don't have a lot, of, but this dude handles it for some reason. You know, when he gets unmasked by Lori, and you see his face for a second. I'm surprised it wasn't like the scene in South Park when Cartman takes off the Osimo head, where it's just like his hair is matted down. He's like, I've been in this thing for days. Yeah. And I I, like this is my favorite movie and you could find faults with anything. And I I have chosen to do that. But like I I that's the thing that I don't like about this movie when you could see his face briefly. I'm a guy that's like, don't show me at all. I don't need to see it. I've met the actor who played him. His name Tony, Tony Moran. Tony Moran, who apparently talks shit about Halloween and says it's like the worst thing ever. And he's just. But he'll sign your Funko Pop. <laughs> he'll sign your Funko Pop and he'll sign. And he was actually incredibly nice when I met him. Yeah. So I, I did a video on my YouTube channel about the whole controversy where he talks like crap about the Halloween franchise and thinks it's the dumbest thing ever. I was like, hey, you were so nice. Yeah, you were you were so nice, and you like took time to sign my uh, poster and everything. And I was like, "Why do you hate us?" But it's, you like my so forty dollars. Yeah, of course, it's it's forty dollars. That's so weird. How like we all want to believe the actors and the things that we like liked being there, and also our fans of things. And it's always disappointing when somebody would be like, "It was just another role to me, mate." Like, uh, <laughs> you know, when whatever actor I'm talking about, but it's. It's always like, I'm like, Michael, oh, you... I, I assume Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, uh, well, Michael Caine famous, what is it? Uh, Jaws four, whatever. Yeah. Jaws for the revenge. I, I, I assume the movie is rubbish, but I, but I have seen the house it built yeah. and I, I never saw like the it. movie. <laughs> yeah. But I saw the house it built again. That's a, that's a John Carpenterism that I can respect. Yeah. I don't care. I built the house, you know, <laughs> but I, I do. Like, we all want to believe that the actors, uh that we we like like to be in there like when you hear like betsy palmer talk about uh, uh friday the 13th and she's like i thought the script the script was rubbish i'm like oh come on i want you to like being there you know i read a book recently about uh behind the scenes retrospective of buffy the vampire slayer which is mm-hmm. my favorite show of all time and it's like they all loved each other right it's like nicholas brendan hated david boreanaz <laughs> Josh yeah. Whedon abused everybody and it's yeah. like no and then but maybe if like they hated it then you're like oh they really are good actor <laughs> because <laughs> they made me think how good friends they were yeah uh back to Michael lurking out outside uh, Annie's house I just it, it's I've watched it a thousand times but Michael just picks up a, a German shepherd <laughs> A big ass dog. You know how strong you got to be to pick up a German Shepherd by the neck and then just choke it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you find the humor in, in this movie when you see it so many times. Like he he choked a German Shepherd. He's carrying around a, a tombstone. Like that's super heavy. And then like the the ghost Bob scene where you know he kills Bob. Great kill. But also, like, he comes back in the room. He, he's dressed as Michael Myers with the mask. <laughs> then he puts a sheet on, cuts eye holes for that, 
and then wears another man's glasses on top of that <laughs> and somehow can find his way upstairs. <laughs> like the the like that's if you think about it, it becomes so like far-fetched. You're like, this guy's wearing two masks and another guy's glasses. <laughs> What's his end game? He's like, I'm going to get a hand job. Like, what is yeah. it? Be like, Bob, why are you wearing coveralls under your ghost sheets? <laughs> yeah, you're wearing a mask under a mask. And then it turns out it was John Knotts. Under- <laughs> I, I, it is when, when you put it like that, what is his end game? Like, I did, Michael Myers is pretty no nonsense for the most part. Then he's like yeah. doing cosplay. Like, yeah. Like in later movies, he'll carve up a pumpkin and Michael Myers likes to dress the scene for Hill, you know, (laughs) which it's like, uh, yeah, like he's got the uh, Linda shoved in a cabinet and then Bob dangling from what I assume was a closet. (laughs) Like he, it's a, it's the trick or treat. It's the trick part of trick or treating. That's a lot of, that's a lot of rigging. To like have these spring-loaded bodies just popping out everywhere. Yeah, he walks in and he's an artist in the room. He's like, "All right, what can I do? I'm gonna hang him from uh from the closet right here." You know, <laughs> why is he Irish? Oi, here's what we're gonna do. Oi, because he's a he's an artist. <laughs> um, another scene that I I find uh scary, and it's not for like being, it's not for like a monster in the scene, but Laurie running from the house after finding all the dead people. And she's like, please God, somebody help me. And nobody gives a shit. (laughs) Like that is terrifying when you're like, please help. And then nobody does. You're in the residential neighborhood and nobody does anything. There's no next door app there. There's no Facebook alerts yet. So, I mean, honestly, if somebody starts streaming in my neighborhood, like somebody, I'll be like, that seems like you've got your own stuff to sort out. Yeah, like nowadays, if somebody's like, please help, I'm like, I want to go the opposite way because I don't I don't want any of that trouble. You know, (laughs) you've got your own stuff going on. I think we're good. I think uh, I hope you get it sorted out, though. And then uh, one of my favorite things in Halloween, too, uh, when, you know, Loomis is out front and uh, he's like, call the cops. And the guy's like, we've been trick or treated to death. And he's like, you don't know what death is. so campy but I'm, I'm like oh god i love this um how do we w- we talked about loomis how do you feel about Lori? i think she is the every girl mm-hmm. I, she's just trying to get ben tramer to ask her to a dance she's just worried about boys she's just trying to have a good time she has a thousand babysitting jobs apparently she has a real stranglehold on this town i That's run what... i run haddonfield nobody babysits without paying up to me <laughs> pay your tribute pay your <laughs> tribute i'm a made woman <laughs> i get the best kids bedtime by nine they respect me they respect me like uh, she she cares about the kids and like clearly is engaged with with you know with their activities and like i mean she like it's like you said she's just an every woman type person and then really portrays fear like a thing i read about this a while ago is a court the movie shot out of sequence so carpenter was like they had a system of like how scared do i need you to be in this and he'd be like give me a level five scare like you're five level five scared you know 
so and i've used it and stuff that i've shot since then of like if we're shooting out of out of sequence uh i need you to be a level 10 this you know i just think mm-hmm. that's a, a great simple system mm-hmm. and that's really uh cool what i like about Lori also is that she does try to fight back she's always trying to fight fight back whether she's stabbed in the neck with like a knitting needle mm-hmm. or unraveling a coat hanger to poke him in his eye and then uh stabbing him so so she tries to fight back like she's by no means helpless yeah yeah and it's you know for to, to stab a dude in the just like when you think about getting stabbed in the neck by a knitting needle my mm. god like that's the, a needle this long <laughs> like it's just crazy a, a bad time i don't want that i don't want to get stabbed in the neck with, with a needle and then he, he but he brushes it off a lot of poking a lot of poking at <laughs> michael myers and also to be that accurate of be able to unfold a wire hanger and get it in the eye hole <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you know he's breathing heavy, he's real moist under that mask. <laughs> he's so uh well, once he when he kills Annie, he kills her in the car. Yeah, there's like and... a wheezing going on. <laughs> he's he's wheezing, and then also it's just so foggy. He's just really hot boxing himself in that <laughs> car. Well, and and watching that scene again when she gets the butter on her shirt and has to go wash it in the garage or what she's stuck in the window. And today that would be a different scene if you go to a certain <laughs> website. She's stuck in the window that, that they'd have to bring in the Astroglide camera, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, see, Michael Myers would no longer be Lori's brother. He'd be Annie's stepbrother. And what are you <laughs> doing? What are you doing here? I'm stuck. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I just had a list of great shots. Uh, we had uh, Lori puts the sign up for at the my at the Myers house and walks away. And I just love that moment where Michael steps into the camera and you love real estate. So. I do. You know, that's, <laughs> it's my two passions right here on this podcast is horror and real estate. Um, yeah. Can you imagine just the showing you're like, let's do a walkthrough. Oh, never mind the dead dog. He must've gotten hungry. <laughs> he must've gotten hungry. <laughs> Everything that Loomis says is, Something a regular person would say, but screamed at you. Yeah, Carpenter was like, uh, he's like, how do you want me to deliver this? And Carpenter was like, 10. Give me a 10. He's like, I'm just ordering lunch. He's like, give me a filet of fish. You're like, what? He's a he's a method actor. That's just old Donald Pleasance. Um, behind the bush. There's so many iconic shots of like Michael hiding behind the bush, in the sheets, uh, across the street, staring at Lori. And I love the the, the dialogue with the teacher talking about uh i'm trying to think of the it, it, it was it's, like his action it was like he was destined to own his fate like mm. it's it's like that i don't know if carpenter intended to be that way but it's like Lori looks out the window and it's like they are destined to have this back and forth tango for however many movies you know one and they only made one movie and it was uh, it, it was this one uh no sequels but yeah and it, it does definitely foreshadow as the series goes on yeah and um the that we got the the mask illumination scene when uh, Lori finds the bodies and then your eyes you kind know. of adjust and like the mask kind of just you it slowly comes into focus and the idea behind that was john carver saying you wanted to see like your eyes were focusing so mm-hmm. you're like is there something back there it's like oh no he's behind you yeah again it's like just creeping 
just creeping straight creeping um and one of my the most chilling ones is when he gets the the hanger in the eye and then i think is stabbed so then he sits up he does the undertaker thing which yeah i'm calling it the undertaker undertaker thing because you see undertaker do it way more than michael myers <laughs> Uh, but it was stolen from Michael. But then, like, I always find it weird. Like, he stands up, but like, he stands up in a way where his head is the last thing to come up. <laughs> like, it's it's very bizarre. It's and I've said it before. We're talking about this movie, but it's a it's a very DDP yoga pose. <laughs> of he's like, your head is the last thing that comes up. It's such an unnatural thing to do. Like, next time you get up off the floor from a stupor or whatever. Like your head is already up when you stand up, but to have your head be the last thing that comes up is such an unnatural thing. And then he does go ahead. He goes from touchdown to ignition back into diamond cutter. Yeah. Like, (laughs) uh, and then like a staggered walk, like after over to Lord, like it's such, some of the movements are so natural. And then some of them are like, that's not a human thing to do, you know? I really was hoping that I, I really wish we, we could call it Sean Michaelsing, where instead of sitting up, he has kips up and like yeah, it's fired up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the crowd into it. He points at her like Hulk Hogan, like you. He does the like, finger oh, no. leg, uh-uh, brother. <laughs> and then he drops the leg on everybody. <laughs> um, do we, I, I don't know how much more we need to say about this movie. I, I've gone through a bunch of my notes. Do you have anything else? I think overall three out of 10, I think three. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, the score is 10 out of 10 rest of the movie. Not so much. No, it's a classic. It is. I mean, they're still making them. They're still making them. We got, Oh, uh, we, we have the last one coming out this October, which they will gonna, never make another one. Never again. It'll be it. Uh, Going with the trend of there's a, the final chapter or has the definitive, uh, the final Friday or the word ends in it, you know, it's going to yeah. be the last one. I honestly, I, I think they're going, I mean, they're going to leave it open ended. They're going to make it definitive enough for it to be like Halloween ends. They're going to leave that bitch open for uh, another something. And the thing is, I don't mind it. I want more like, and I don't, I, this is such like a franchise that is such a favorite to me that I don't care. And if anybody's like, they just need to end it. I'd be like, I could see your point, but to me, I I just want more to it. You know, I think there is something about the longevity of the Halloween series that people are willing to go out to see more Halloween. It's just become so synonymous with the holiday, with the October season. Mm -hmm. And if you put Halloween in it, we'll we'll go see it. You've had reboots, you've had remakes, you've had reimaginings, all these things. There's like four different ways you could watch this franchise. And you don't get that with like uh, Friday the 13th. It's been over a decade since we've had one of those. I know there's been a lot of legal stuff and litigation mm-hmm. uh, that, that we might get into on a later episode, but there's not a lot of like Nightmare on Elm Street movies. They're, they're, they're not still making those. There's mm-hmm. just something about Halloween. And I think it has to do with the star power of Jamie Lee Curtis. I think mm-hmm. that, that definitely helps you have a bankable star but that you're willing to go back and go on this journey with them again. And like, yeah, like, like you said, there's so many timelines. Like, do you want uh, a time timeline where they are brother and sister? We got these five movies. Mm-hmm. Do you want this weird one where Busta Rhymes uh, is a producer? Does Kung Fu with Tyra Banks. Does Kung Fu. And I Halloween was really the first franchise, I feel, that really started 
forgetting other movies in the series where they're like, oh, Halloween H2O comes out. They're like, well, forget the other three that just came out. Mm -hmm. We're only going to do one and two, baby. That's all we need. Mm -hmm. So just... I, I think once Halloween ends happen, I think you you could do an entire another timeline where he doesn't learn to drive and he has to walk all the way from Addenfield. I'm waiting for the Uber. <laughs> I'm waiting for the bus. No, just right, right up next to these babysitters. Just pull up. <laughs> Trust me. I don't uh, feel like it's safe here. I don't feel like it's safe. Do you want a five star or not? <laughs> Do you want five stars? Let me out. Uh, yeah, I think such a big part of it was Loomis. Um, I, I can tell you that I prefer Loomis over Lori in the movies. Like I find Loomis to be more interesting and I don't hate the Lori ones, but if I had a choice, I would choose Loomis over Lori. Okay. Okay. That um, is a, that, that, that is a bold statement. Yeah. And I stand by it. Okay. Uh, well, but, and, and I think a big part of the franchise is just the, the shape, as Michael Myers is called, is it could be anybody. And there is a reason that he's killing. And some of them is their brother and sister. But then again, why? Why is the kid trying to kill us? You know, like, yeah, there's a big part of this franchise is just you ask why or why is this being done? And the answer is just because. And that's well, what's intriguing to about it. You know, well, they try to answer it sometimes. And you're like, I know. Oh. But like yeah. it's a it's a curse of thorn, and you're like, no, not like this. Yeah, not you're like, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't need my triangles on my wrist. Like, let's yeah. uh, like what Sam Sam Hain? You mean Salwin? <laughs> Sam yeah. Hain. Um, but yeah, man, I just uh, one of my favorite movies, and I, I, you know, I, I, I never, I never regret watching Halloween. I've seen it dozens of times, and uh, if it's on. I'll put it on the background, play on my phone, and I, I never feel like I, I regret watching Halloween. It's a bizarre thing of like when people watch serial killer stuff to unwind. Like, it's a, and I, it's like horror fans are so weird. Like, what's your comfort movie? And he's like, oh, yeah, Halloween. I just really, if I've had a long day, I just got to watch him choke this German shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and we've also talked about this on, on the field trip podcast as well, but. This was on a list of like people would say this is one of the scariest movies. Do you agree with with that, Gavin? For the time, mm -hmm. for the time, I think so. I think if you give somebody who has never seen horror this movie, they're gonna be scared. They're gonna be scared. Mm -hmm. I I think that a little bit of like all the memes and Michael Myers being such a cultural icon has kind of taken away from that a little bit. Yeah, but I think as a whole, there are still scary moments. It's still creepy to be stalked. Yeah, I think that I mean, just ask any woman who exists. They're making it up. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> Believe them, Brent. Yeah, but it's uh, I do. And I think a common complaint that I've seen on, you know, Halloween groups on Facebook or whatever is like, oh, they're like, this is so slow. And I I would say for compared to now. Yeah, it's definitely so. There's a lot of in this movie where not a lot happens, mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, We'll talk about a movie that we're about to record, but I'm like, even I'm like, this is a slow movie and we'll <laughs> talk about it next week, yeah. next episode. But uh, I still find it one of the scariest movies. Clearly, I have nightmares about it. Um, and snakes. And, and snakes. And I, I didn't ask you before uh, the episode, but if people, if you like Halloween, what other movies do you think people would like? And I, I'll tell you first, so you have a time, time to think, but 
I would recommend the movie It Follows. Mm-hmm. I think they're clear. Like you could watch that movie and be like, they're it's not definitely not stealing, uh, not maybe paying homage, uh, homage, but uh, like definitely same vibes. Great movie. It follows. I think the strangers mm-hmm. is, is a great movie. Strangers pray at night as well. What, what else do you think? If you like Halloween, what else will people like? Uh, the strangers came to mind first. Mm-hmm. That, that's a very slow burn kind of home invasion movie. I think uh, I would also say hush. Hush is really good. Hush is a good one. Yeah. I really like all the stuff that um, he makes. Mike Flannery. I think. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, yeah, yeah, and I, Hush I is a home invasion type movie as well. So, yeah, I think uh, anything early Wes Craven is very upsetting. Like uh, Last House on the Left is pretty creepy. I haven't cause... seen that because I just have read things about it, and it's I'm upsetting. Like, it's upsetting. Yeah. It's like Stranger Danger type stuff, home invasion type stuff, and mm-hmm. that as well. Um, yeah, pretty much. I, I think Strangers. Um, you, you can kind of go into some of the slasher movies. I think also maybe a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not a lot mm-hmm. uh, just because it's teenagers being stalked by a family. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and that we, we never really touched on the significance of Halloween spun off so many like Friday 13th. They will say we're ripping off. Halloween. Yeah. And like, I would, I would say, you know, it's different, but it's a similar concept. So I would recommend some of the Friday movies. And but, uh, and Psycho. I think Psycho is a good recommendation as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because so I got to be arts. I got to be artsy. Be like, have you have you heard of this little director named Alfred Hitchcock? I hear that he's done some cool stuff. And what I like to do is turn on the uh, Vince Vaughn version, but turn my TV to black <laughs> and white. So it's classy. <laughs> uh, so th- yeah, any other final thoughts, Gavin? Great movie. It's a classic. We as horror fans owe so much to John Carpenter going, what if we made this guy stock babysitters? That's true. Um, so thanks for listening to the first uh, episode of They're Coming to Get You. And uh, well, I'm looking forward to recording the season with you, Gavin. And uh, yeah, uh, we have a lot of uh, movies that you know uh, and we'll love coming up this season. So I can't wait to get into those as well. Absolutely. Until next time. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 